This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Studio C, here's Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live once again, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio C, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying this Tuesday, July 12th of the year 2022. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man who is breaking the hearts of certain members of BYU Sports Nation. His name is Jason Shepard. Are you referring to said mustache that is gone? Yep. You were a man of your word when you you brought back the mustache. (laughs) Yeah, I brought it back. Whether what I did with it, I think remains to be seen. But it is gone. Yes, it is gone to the chagrin of apparently three people. Well, those are the only three that are cited, Jason. Have we really scoured the hundreds of sad tweets about the lack of your mustache? I can tell you, my two littlest kids were really upset when I <laughs> got rid of it. Like, they loved it. And then, but, but my, uh, my, my oldest daughter, when yesterday, I, my wife's like, are you keeping it? I'm like, nah, nah, I'm, I'm shaving it. And my daughter in the kitchen, like, good, looks horrible. <laughs> like, thank you. The sad piano music playing <laughs> behind those tweets is fantastic. Man, but hey, how about Ruthie? Yeah, Ruthie. I've, I've met Ruthie on a couple of occasions. Ruthie's been, been here. Yeah, well, she's, in Studio she's B. She's been to Studio B. And yes. She's walked through Studio C. We've met her on a couple of occasions. Super down to earth, kind lady. Listen, she does not offer a compliment if she doesn't 1 million percent sincerely mean that. And, she said, your mustache looks awesome, Jason. Thank you, Ruthie. Love you, Ruthie. Appreciate it. Top Gun Maverick has made it, like, cool to have mustaches again. Legitimately. It was, there was a time where it wasn't <laughs> cool? What are, we, what are we talking about here? Uh, yeah, for the past 30 years, I think I've been told You ever had one? Have you ever had one? That's, by the way, that's only the second time I've ever had a mustache. Yeah. When I was down and out amidst my uh, COVID madness last fall, or late last summer, uh, my wife is like, man, you haven't had to shave in quite a while. Because, I mean, I was bedridden for at least, you know, two and a half weeks. And so, yeah, I, I got a mustache. Um, and I've never showed the picture to anybody. There is a picture, a though, picture. that exists. There's a picture. <laughs> does your wife have access to the picture? She does. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Just put it out of your mind. Don't even think about it again. It's fine. <laughs> it's it's there somewhere. I, I don't ask for any specific reason. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, uh, we've got a loaded show lineup today, and no, it, it will not include a picture of Spencer with the mustache. We might bring well, back Jason still, though. Well, how much? How many? We got fifty-six more 50 minutes left <laughs> in the show. We'll work on it. Uh, we are discussing rivalries today with so much realignment happening and losing rivalries in the past because of realignment. Is it something that even matters anymore? Like, does it, does it matter to hold on to college football rivalries? We're going to discuss that. We'll do so with the publisher of Extra Points. He's an incredible writer and college sports insider. Matt Brown, friend of the program, will also join us to discuss that and much more. In fact, we've, we're putting BYU Sports Nation on an epic quest to find something for Matt Brown. Okay? Yes. Quest we're we're going to put you to find work. something. Yes. With that in mind, bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Athlon Sports released their preseason All-America team, and BYU offensive lineman Clark Barrington was named to the third team on offense. In case you were wondering, the SEC leads the way with 29 players selected. The Big Ten has 26. The Pac-12 has 20. And then the ACC and Big 12 both with 16 apiece. While we're discussing 
the Southeastern Conference, among other things. The SEC has announced that they are expected to stay at 16 teams. Hmm, you buying that? It's another conversation that we need to have. Multiple industry sources say that the presidents of the SEC don't want to expand past 16 teams that they have secured to date. One SEC source in particular said they, quote, don't see any expansion move as threatening, end quote, to the conference. Commissioner Greg Sankey also stated that the preference of the university presidents was to have an inclusive playoff construction in the future as well. BYU basketball will be competing at the Jack Jones Hoop Fest coming up on December 10th at the Mandalay Bay Resort in Las Vegas. They'll be facing Creighton. Cougars and Blue Jays will be joined by Arizona State, SUU, and Cal State Fullerton. Tickets for the event will go on sale July 16th at 8 a.m. BYU soccer legend and member of the United States women's national soccer team Ashley Hatch was unfortunately injured in the 61st minute of Thursday's CONCACAF Group A matchup against Jamaica. The United States soccer team referred to the injury as a muscle strain and a source close to the situation says that it is not serious. So that's good news, it's not serious, but a bummer that Ashley's not able to play with her team right Yeah, you now. feel bad for her that she's not going to be able to continue. Alex Barcelo and the Toronto Raptors face the Chicago Bulls tonight at the NBA's Vegas Summer League. You can watch the game at 5 Eastern time on NBA TV. The 2022 Division I Intercollegiate Tennis Association all academic awards have been released. Six different BYU athletes were recognized. Those six, Emily Astle, Leah Haymuli, Carolyn, Avery Pope, Madison Smith, and Emma Templeman. Congratulations to all six of those ladies. BYU is deemed a 2022 Division I ITA all academic team. Well, no wonder. I mean, everybody on the team basically <laughs> yeah. is super smart and awesome. Smartness, we like it. <laughs> Smartness. <laughs> <laughs> now, if there were a title of the show, that would be it. Smart. Yes. We like it. Yeah. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. Mentioned at the top of the show, rivalries are on topic. One of the casualties of conference realignment has been the pushing away and the demise of several key rivalry matchups. And just maybe we are going to be seeing more of that if this movement continues. Okay, uh, Among those, Jason, and one that I know that you know well because of where you are from originally, yes. Missouri, Kansas. Yes. I know it's middle of the country. It doesn't get as much luster as some of the other ones, but that one, a lot of people are upset that it it's went a, away. It's a big deal in that area, yeah. Texas, Texas A&M. Oh, man, the Texas people did not like that rivalry going away. Uh, BYU-Utah obviously hits close to home for us. I don't know that USC and UCLA leaving for the Big Ten takes away a lot of rivalries from USC and other Pac-12 teams because they are the rivalry. They are the rivalry. The rivalry is intact because they're going together. Right. I mean, we like to see USC and Oregon play each other because it's fun. West Coast football It's typically a big game. Um, but another one I'd like to bring up is Nebraska-Colorado. Like I remember watching that game every Friday yeah. on Thanksgiving weekend and thinking, oh, man, you – here goes Colorado and Nebraska. There are two-storied programs. They hate each other. That one's gone away. I don't like it, but my question is, as realignment continues, should rivalries matter? Should it be something that they think about? Oh, we've got to keep this intact. Should rivalries matter in discussions and placing of conference realignment things? Should it? Probably. Does it? No. 
Look, we know that the two most important things in this conference realignment, regardless of when it's happening, you know, what conferences are involved, what teams are involved, it is all about money and access to the playoff. That's, that's what is driving 100% of it. You could, I don't know if it's 50% and 50% or, you know, but those are the two things that people worry, are worrying about. That is why all of these conferences are looking for other teams. That's why these teams are looking to jump to other conferences. It is finances yeah. and access. Yeah. Those are the two things. When we talk about rivalries, I'm focusing more on, because you mentioned a couple of, of different rivalries. I, I'm focusing mostly on your actual rival. Now, obviously, you have like like BYU Utah. Now, is there a rival BYU Boise State? Well, of course. Is there a BYU Utah State rivalry? Well, of course. But the rival is Utah. So with with that's kind of where I'm focusing. At the end of the day, we've gone so far away from it with teams leaving and teams separating. And the fact specifically that BYU and Utah have not been in the same conference for over a decade, I'm and look. I am willing to admit I'm in the minority on this. I know that. But I, and I've said this though for a long time. This is not just because BYU's sitting on a win. I don't it doesn't bother me that Utah and BYU are on separate paths now mm. and that, that Utah was in the Pac-12 and now BYU's in the Big 12. That does not bother me. Would it I'm, bother you more had BYU not beaten Utah last no, September? No, no, it doesn't. That does not change it one way or the Seriously, other. Seriously, so if you were sitting on a 10-game losing it does, streak. It, does not, it didn't bother me when they had lost nine in a row. It doesn't bother me when BYU's won one in a row. Okay. I'm perfectly fine with them not playing each other. I don't have to have that game. But again, I realize I'm in the minority on this. So for me, I, I, just, I just don't think that it has much relevance in moving forward on decisions that are being made because it's just not one of those two top things, finances and playoff access, that, that it's driving all of this. Okay. Should, it, should it have some sort of a, of a, of a situation that, that plays into it? Well, yeah, but it, it, it clearly is not. Okay, I'm actually going to help the idea and your argument that BYU and Utah doesn't have to happen here because when it went away for a few years, was it the end of the world? I mean, remember when we found out that BYU and Utah were not going to play? It's like, no, you can't do this. You're ruining something that only World War II has shut down previously. Right. You know, it didn't happen, and did life go on? Yeah, sure. Yeah, they didn't play in 2014. Was anybody mad that Utah was not on the schedule in 2014 when BYU was rolling with Taysom Hill when they were 4-0 and ranked number 18? Did anybody care that Utah was not on the schedule in 2014 at that point? No. No BYU fan was like, oh, man, we're really missing out on Utah because they were all focused on Taysom Hill and him being like this dark horse Heisman candidate and BYU just crushed Texas for a second year in a row and things were – Fantastic, and then he broke his leg and things changed, yes, but it didn't, it didn't happen in 2014 and life continued. Yeah, I didn't like it, but like, it wasn't as big of a deal as we all made it out to be. And guess what? The same thing applies for all the rivalries I just mentioned. Missouri, Kansas, Texas, Texas A&M, Colorado, Nebraska. Like, they all stopped happening and it was like, uh, I guess you know, college football is still relevant and fun and exciting even if those teams do not play each yeah. other. I don't like it. But it's fine. It's not as big a deal as we are making of it. There are only five rivalries in college sports that I think really, really, really move the needle nationally. One is Army-Navy, okay? Yep. That one 
moves the needle. It's probably the top of the list. The second is Alabama, Auburn. There's Oklahoma, Texas. Okay, and then there's Michigan and Ohio State, and that's probably number two, Michigan, Ohio State. And then in basketball, Carolina and Duke. Okay, outside of those five, right? Like if you took one of those away, then I think people would start to be like, eh, okay, maybe maybe we should try and seek some sort of legal terminology to make this continue to happen. Right. But I feel like those are like the five rivalries that really matter. Outside of that, like the fans of those teams get upset, but it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. And it clearly doesn't matter because we're seeing the sport go away from it in general. It, it just doesn't it does not have the same pull that that we all used to yeah. think of it as. It just doesn't. I don't like it. I don't like that these rivalries are going away. I like the regional ties. I like what it means. I like the history. But in the long run, it just doesn't matter. Yeah. It does not matter. Will you still like college football? Of, of course. course you will. You're going to like your team and what they do. Well, there will still be compelling matchups all over the map, and you'll still have the, the natural. Again, you'll still have the five that I mentioned that matter the most. Like, you'll still like college football. It's, it, it's not great, but you'll still love it. So it's not as big of a deal as we're I really thought you were going to fight the other direction. That surprises I, me. I don't like it, but it is what it is. Yeah. Like, it, there will still be compelling, awesome college football, and we will eat it up. As we've seen over the last and decade, new rivalries plus. will be formed. Yes, BYU Boise State for one is uh, one that has really come to the top lately for BYU fans, and it's going away. <laughs> Guess what? BYU Baylor, BYU TCU. Yeah. Yes, BYU Baylor. We're all looking. It's forward all going to gonna happen, and yep. you're going to love it. Embrace it as new rivalries, even if Utah's not on the schedule. All right, we want to know what you think, but first. Mm -hmm. We have to get to something, Jason. And I'm excited. I'm excited that we are doing this here together today because the countdown to the Big 12 is on. Are we adding a countdown? Hit it! Countdown to the Big 12. 354. 354 oh, yeah. days away. Oh. By the way, Big 12 <laughs> yeah. media days start tomorrow in Dallas. And it will run two days at Jerry's World. I'm still looking at, like, red-eye flights to see if I want to go down there tonight. I'm not joking. <laughs> Maybe I just take my computer and we just zoom it up tomorrow. Let's just do it. Know. Let's go. I don't know. 354 days away from BYU officially joining the Big 12. Yes, we have added a countdown, and it's glorious. Two countdowns and one that's over 350 days. Uh, we can live without rivalries, but we can't live without we countdowns. We can't live without countdowns. We can't live without countdowns. Well, of course not. Okay, now we want you to respond, if you haven't already. When it comes to conference realignment, how much should rivalries matter? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Mm. Let's uh, get to our first tweet from David Ainscoff on Twitter, who says, quote, rivalries matter a lot. Rivalries are what make college football the best sport in the world. Now, I agree on some of those with the rivalries that I mentioned are the top five most important in college sports. But... Guess what? Did, did it matter? Again, did it matter when BYU and Utah didn't play in 2014? Like, did it ruin BYU football for everyone or Utah football for that matter? No. In fact, I saw a lot of people say, you know, I kind of like the break. I kind of like to take a breath and then like... I enjoyed the break. I honestly did. I really did. Like, I know that they matter. I know they matter. So you got to play every once in a while, but you have to play every year. And it just, it's not as big of a deal as I think we make of it. Yep. 
And your, your point about the fact that we've already dealt with this with BYU-Utah, like we've seen that life goes on when you don't have to play each other and every year. you still year. love it. You, you still, still love, you still still love awesome. the sport. Yes. All right, coming up, is BYU going to have to spend big to keep up with their new neighbors? Matt Brown of Extra Points joins us, and uh, we're on a hunt to find something very, very specific for him. We need your help, BYU fans. Don't go anywhere. Come back. We're going to tell you all about it on BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us on Friday as we look back at some of the best Deep Blue stories of the year. It's the best of Deep Blue, Volume 5. That's Friday at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We are live in Studio C with your day-to-day -day BYU Sports play-by-play. -play. I'm Spencer Linton. To my left sits one Jason Shepard. And joining us now, our first guest of the day, he is the publisher of Extra Points, an outstanding writer for college sports and friend of the program, Matt Brown. Matt, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Gentlemen, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me again. Might I add, the pennant wall behind you is looking better than ever. That is quite the collection you have there, my friend. No, I, I appreciate it. It's nice. I haven't gotten the Room Raider treatment yet, but it, it is a, you know, a little bit nice to have something a little bit different in, in the backdrop here. And whenever I interview an AD or a university president on camera, they often look at that and go, well, my school's not on there, so I don't even have to buy these anymore, which is, which is great. You know, I'll have to change around a little bit. Well, and you, you told us uh, before, before the interview started, because you have a you have a, have a big uh, like the normal size pennant of BYU, but you said you've been looking for a, a, a mini version of that, and you cannot find one. So obviously, we've got a lot of people. BYU Sports Nation has quite the reach. We may be able to have somebody out there that may have one, may be willing to to let you have it. You know, you know, I have a lot of these really small pennants that came from this collection in the late 50s. If somebody has a friend, has a friend whose elders quorum president is like a collector <laughs> of memorabilia or something, you know, my email is matt at extrapointsmb.com. I have an Etsy alert set up, but I, I was joking. If I spend $200 on one of these pennants, I'm either going to get in trouble with the tax man or my wife or probably both. So we should probably try to limit it to under that. Yeah. All right, fans across BYU Sports Nation, we're putting you on blast. Go to work, do your research, do your homework, <laughs> see if you can help Matt Brown out. And maybe the BYU store, athletic marketing, just maybe. They've it is the official outfitter of Somebody. BYU fans everywhere. This is very true. Okay, I'm Matt. I'm this. Now that we've got the pennant situation at least taken care of for now, um, how's your life right now? Uh, thanks to college football realignment. And uh, I know that you are not only you know a guy that follows BYU, but you follow Ohio State closely. Ohio State's going to have a couple of new friends in the Big Ten Conference in USC and UCLA in a couple of years. How's life been as you kind of ponder realignment with the Trojans and Bruins coming to Big Ten country? No, I, 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 listen, when we this whole thing started, I don't think I had this gray hair right here, right? Like, <laughs> I have been wanting to take a longer vacation almost as long as I, since I started Extra Points. And the last time I took a real vacation, I actually went out to Utah I went to go see some family, go take my kids hiking because we don't have mountains in Chicago. And that's when the Austin case broke. So I'm sitting here like trying to edit some kind of like legal opinion from Kodachrome State Park. I was supposed to be out of, you know, in the woods now. Obviously, that's not going to happen. It's hard to really overstate 
I think, how dramatic the USC-UCLA change is, not just for what the Big Ten looks like, but for the future of super conferences and, and league consolidation and what the balance of power looks like for college sports in general. It's gigantic. See, and I think that's what's interesting right now because once that news happened, and obviously it just blew everything up, since then, at least publicly, things have quieted down. How quiet are things behind the scenes right now, Matt? They are never as quiet as they appear in public. So I mean, I've, and I've said this a lot, and this is coming from a guy that's broken a couple of these stories. Like the number of people at a school or at a conference office that really know what's going on with realignment or these kind of changes, it's a small circle. It's your president, maybe an AD, maybe one, one or two associates, and then some people in the media, broadcasting, consulting world. And that's really about it. It's definitely not coaches or assistants or, or other people in that space. So if those, you know, th those, that eight, nine, 10 people, they don't want to talk it's really difficult to get things out in public. What's happening right now is you have a lot of administrators who are doing a lot of data analysis and data digestion. You don't wanna make a rash decision without really having a better idea of what, what do our media partners value our conference for 2023 or 2024? What will our revenue look like in the next couple of years? And what are some scenarios to do that? You don't wanna jump conferences without realizing that maybe Fox or ESPN was gonna make a bigger, uh, a bigger offer later on. So I would be very surprised if there's a gigantic move in the next couple of weeks. I mean, I had been hearing last week from some ADs that they hadn't even heard back from ESPN about what an ES, a Pac-12 ACC partnership would look like. So you can't join the Big 12 if you don't know the other, the other side's best offer right now. Matt Brown is the publisher of Extra Points. We are talking college football realignment. In your opinion, Matt, what is the next domino to fall, wherever that may be? I, if I had to put money on it, I honestly think the next domino is probably still going to be at the FCS or one AAA level because we still have a couple of smaller D1 leagues that are, are, are aggressively trying to backfill. At the Power 5 level, the conventional wisdom seems to be that it centers on Notre Dame. And one of the maybe frustrating things about this for a fan is Notre Dame's decision about what they want to do isn't primarily or even or certainly not exclusively driven by how much money that they can make. Notre Dame's going to make more money in the Big Ten now. That's true three weeks from now. That was true three months from now. The, the key factor for them is championship access. If they feel like they have a pathway to a college football playoff as an independent, they'll stay that way. And that means the Big Ten probably stays at 16. Did the, the, did the events of the last two weeks change that calculus? Maybe, maybe not. Do we know what the college football playoff is going to look like in two or three years? Maybe, maybe not. That, that's so, and, and until there's clarity on that front, I don't think you're going to see anything gigantic happen at the Power 5 level. As you just mentioned, the two most important things that's spurring all of this is playoff access and what that looks like, and then obviously finances. Those are the two things that are driving every bit of what we're seeing. With that in mind, though, we were talking about this in our last segment, rivalries. Should rivalries matter in realignment? I mean, as a, as a consumer, the obvious answer to that would be uh, absolutely. And it, I think it's been a, a really unfortunate over the last several years that many important rivalries, whether that's Kansas, Missouri, Texas, Texas A&M, BYU, Utah, uh, you know, anything that Maryland had with any of their fans, uh, you know, was, was, was torn up after realignment. What, what I have been hearing and, and from kind of being on this beat here for a little while is if you don't have $11 billion to kind of paper over some of these problems, like the Big Ten might right now, rivalries are really important, not just for fan engagement. They're honestly important financially. Having history, having geographic proximity, having uh, honest to goodness, like 
profound dislike from one another, that's not just great for ESPN. That's great for your MMR partners. That's great for anybody you're trying to work with for sponsorships. That's great for ticket sales. And so I know at the mid-major level, it's extremely important. Whatever the Big 12 decides to do, whether that's now, whether that's in 2024, whether that's six years from now, they're not going to have Big 10 or SEC money to paper over imperfections. You want to be able to have as much inventory for sponsorships, for media partners, and for fan engagement as possible. And that's going to come with deep rivalries, which is something that this league right now, with four new members from all over the country, doesn't have at, at, at scale the same way that the SEC or the Big Ten have. In many ways, it feels like a race to become the third most powerful conference because, let's face it, right now, no other conference is going to catch the Big Ten and the SEC. So it's a race for third place. Matt, is the Big 12 right now the third most secure and powerful conference? And if not, what do they need to do to get to that position? I honestly don't think right now there's a significant appreciable difference between the ACC, Pac-12, and Big 12 in terms of power, whether that's broadcast money or influence within various NCAA subcommittees or what the transformation committee is going to look like. The big two are really very significantly far uh, in front of everybody else. Now, as a fan, I think it's fair to say, what does that matter? Because even, yeah, the Big Ten has a ton of money and they haven't won anything in college basketball in like 20 years. <laughs> the Big 12 doesn't have that same, those, that same uh, amount of resources and arguably have the best men's basketball conference in the country and one that could be getting better. The ACC doesn't have the same amount of money. Clemson's still been able to make the college football playoff. They've still been able to win games at an elite level. So I think it's fair to wonder, at what point does that money and influence matter? If one of these other leagues goes away, you know, by, by nature of it, whoever ends up absorbing more of those members will have some more power and influence. But I, I don't know if there's a difference in the way that matters to most people listening to this program between being number three and number five, especially because that's going to change a lot depending on the year in the sport. The report uh, within the last 24, 30 hours or so that the SEC is, is telling everybody that they're fine at 16, and they're hoping that if they, they stay at 16, that will help kind of sort of curb the, the expansion talk. Number one, do you buy it? And, and number two, does, does I, I guess the way I look at it is maybe the only thing that really changes is, is we'd originally heard maybe 2022 is what they were, were looking to get to. Instead of everybody trying to race to 20 or 22, it seems like everybody would just race to try and get to 16 to, to be with the SEC. What do you make of that report and what it could mean? What, what I make of this, uh, you know, one, I mean, for all of these kind of reports, you have to ask yourself, is, is this outlet somebody that is likely to have direct conversation with one of the people that has firsthand knowledge of these things? You know, so maybe that's true. Maybe that's not. Sometimes on the Internet, that's not true. But I think for everybody, you're good at 16. You're good at 14. You're good at 12 until you're not. Um, you know, from what I had heard over the summer and I talked to administrators in the Big Ten is they weren't really actively looking for expansion candidates. They didn't feel like that was you know, critical for their strategic plan. They were very uh, deep in their conversations for their next TV rights deal before UCLA and USC entered the picture at all. And then suddenly that opportunity became available to them. That changed the plan. If I was an SEC AD or president, I don't think I would look at anything the Big Ten just did as an existential threat. You're very powerful. You can be secure at 16. If, I don't know, in 18 months, there's reason to believe that maybe the ACC's grant of rights agreement isn't as legally enforceable as it seems right now. Mm -hmm. Or if maybe somebody you know approaches them with a briefcase of $200 million willing to buy themselves out of those deals, 
suddenly maybe 18 looks a little bit more attractive. I mean, it, 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 nobody wants to get out there in public and say like, no, we're not really satisfied with our conference membership and we want to make changes right now. But that doesn't mean that they're not taking the call if somebody else is reaching out behind the scenes. By the way, doesn't it feel like the only the only reason a briefcase is used these days is to fill it with money? Like nobody <laughs> nobody carries a briefcase anymore, right? You're just going to put money in it. It's it's either money or like very dramatic illegal documents. Like brief, it's it's all like, are you going to be in a born movie? Is this where we hide our like fake passports and like the fake gun or something? That's a briefcase. I haven't seen anybody else use one in a decade. Yeah, if, if someone sees a briefcase, automatically think there's like, something really like, important in like there. There's cash in there. There is there is yeah. there is a lot of money in that briefcase. There's a mini BYU you, pennant in that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to flag that person in airline security. Like there, there's either college football history or foreign currency in that thing. That's very suspicious. Great stuff with Matt old. Brown, the publisher of Extra Points. We do need to ask you, uh, before we let you go, Matt, about the Big 12 and the Pac-12 and the race of sorts that they are in right now. Yeah. Is it in the best interest of the Big 12 if the Pac-12 does have a demise and it goes away? I can't wrap my head around a world of college sports with no Pac-12, but here we are. Is it in the best interest of the Big 12 to pull members from the Pac-12? I mean, if, if, if that option is earnestly available, sure. I, I think it would absolutely make the Pac-12 a more uh, financially viable and, and uh, attractive conference if it had Utah in it with BYU. It, 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 would, it would be valuable to have access to the Phoenix television market and the fact that that area is growing so, mu so much with transplants. I don't think it's necessarily critically required. And it, it's also really important to keep in mind here, when you don't have Big Ten money, there are real logistical problems with having a conference that would span four time zones, depending on what Arizona ends up doing with like daylight savings. If you're flying from Morgantown, West Virginia or Cincinnati to Arizona, to Utah, to Colorado all the time, that's not just expensive. There's jet lag. There's a, that's a lot of missed class. That means a lot of games on weird TV windows for, for viewers, either in the East Coast or the mountain time. Like BYU fans are going to have to get used to uh, weird time zones when they're watching their teams play in West Virginia or Florida or Cincinnati. And there comes a point where that isn't always worth it. It's probably worth it for the Big 12, but the I think the real human costs of that would be felt even more strongly than they would be with the Big 10, where those costs really are very significant. Matt, great to catch up with you. And uh, for one, we've got a briefcase to track down and a pennant <laughs> to track down to put inside the briefcase. We'll get on that. Uh, in the meantime, how can BYU fans and college football fans in general find more of your work? You bet. I write Extra Points, which is a newsletter that publishes every day that covers all the off-the-field stuff that shapes the college sports industry, whether that's reporting on the EA Sports College football game, mm. conference realignment, university athletic department finance, all of that stuff you can find at Extra Points MB, or you can follow me on Twitter at Matt Brown EP. Great stuff. Matt, good to talk to you, man. Take care. Thanks, Matt. It's always a pleasure. Take care, guys. Well, he's fantastic. He's great. He's the best. And by the way, there's two, uh, there's two things that I think of when I think of a briefcase. Number one, cash. Uh, yes. I'm also then reminded of the Seinfeld episode where Kramer <laughs> ends up getting a job. He, like, he just shows up and they put him to work. And he carries a briefcase. And the only thing that's in the briefcase is crackers. <laughs> Those are the two things I think of when I think Whoa. of a briefcase. <laughs> so, I love Kramer. Have you ever owned a briefcase? I have never owned a briefcase. I haven't either. The last one I saw was my father's. Yeah. As a matter of fact, monogrammed. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely was monogrammed. Like, it feels like RL. I'm just saying. Briefcases <laughs> and monogram. They just go hand in hand. All right. <laughs>
Isn't it funny, the stuff we get on here? All right. Coming up, how much do you feel rivalries should matter in college football realignment? And did we discover another incredible talent that BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo has? You cannot miss this. Stay with us on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get great content throughout the day, follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. He is Jason Shepard. I am Spencer Linton. Great to have you with us. Uh, We should note that Top 5 Tuesday coming up is also going to stir up some controversy. The Top 5 best wins in BYU football independence. And we're taking some liberties because guess what? We make the rules. Yeah, yeah. It's our show. It's our show. So we're making the rules. We're going to do what we want. Uh, But... That there, there are some people that are going to be bothered by some games that did not make it onto this list. Speci- probably specifically one. Yes, if not, if not multiple. Yeah. With that said, let's whip it. Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world. Texas Tech yesterday announced a $200 million upgrade to football facilities. Well. Does BYU need to keep up with something like that? Um, I think in a lot of ways, behind the scenes, BYU is probably already keeping up with that. We just don't hear about it. That's the glorious thing about BYU and the way that they operate things is everything is done just kind of quietly and wisely and very financially sound. And yeah, and, and for that record, or for that matter, Jason, I think that there are a couple of sleeping giants for BYU. One is the purchase of the old Provo High School. I just feel like it is the masterminds behind the scenes are working on something fantastic. Are you for what Brian Windhorsting us right now? Now why? Why? <laughs> why would they do that? Okay, they okay. bought it a long time ago, and I've always felt like that's a sleeping giant. Like there, there are big plans for that thing. We don't know about them. That 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 one's at some point is going to yeah. be big. Look, like BYU is going to up, update stuff. I mean, that, that's just it's it's an evolution of it. They're going to do that. Do they feel like they've got to drop 200 million? I I, I highly doubt. They're going to do what's best for BYU, whatever that means. They're going to do that. But that they look, BYU has already proven that when things need to be updated, they'll update. Them. Yes, the WAC apparently is teaming up with Ken Pomeroy, our guy Ken Palm, Utah guy, and he will create a formula that will seed their conference hoops tournament based on an algorithm that accounts for quality of wins over quantity of wins. This is unprecedented on the overall schedule. So you could have a worse record, but if your quality of wins give you, right, like you're going to get a better seed. That's pretty crazy, right? Okay, so is the whack wacky, or are they just ahead of the curve for doing this? Probably ahead of the curve. This seems to be where everything's going. I mean, it's, it, look, the, the kids love their analytics, okay? So this, this is really where sports are going, and why not go this direction? The NCAA tournament already does this, yeah. Jason, with their committee and the net ranking. and the, like. So how does a 19 and 11 Syracuse team get into the tournament and you know a 25 and three Utah State team doesn't because of things like this? It's already happening at the NCAA tournament level. Why not take it to your conference tournament? I'm not say they're ahead of the curve. Yeah, I, this probably will not be the last conference you hear doing no. something similar to this. All right, uh, the NBA had Richard Jefferson, the former player, mm-hmm. uh, officiate a quarter of a summer league game <laughs> last night. Um, do you feel that you could officiate a BYU WCC game and do a better job than the WCC officials? No. 
I do not feel like I could do a better job than the West Coast Conference officiating crew. As much as I would like to tell myself that I could, like they have such a hard job and I know it, it's been tough. It's been tough on BYU fans. Like not all officials are created equal, nor their skill sets. But I couldn't do a better job than the guys they bring in. Yeah, I could not, nor do I want that responsibility. I, I want no part of it. I don't, I don't want Leave that responsibility. Leave me away from it. Yes. I, I'm thinking about, you know, any sort of officiating as I'm, you know, trying not to yell at the Pleasant Grove umpire that is making just abhorrent calls yesterday in my son's Little League State Championship baseball game. Mm. You know, I want no part of officiating. We don't need to see you popping up on viral videos no, going ballistic that's, that's, I, stands, I stay okay? quiet most of the time. All right. I feel the frustration, but I stay quiet. Okay. All right, Jason. All right. Uh, who, who is this man? Yeah, yeah. Look way. at this picture. Look, look at this picture. Who is this man, Jason? Is this Andy Fletcher, the late Depeche Mode keyboardist? Or is that BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo? Uh, by the way, I love the fact that we're mixing in Depeche Mode on this show. Uh, but that is not Tom Homo. But look. Okay, Ryan Hancock tweeted this out. What can Tom Homo do? <laughs> the, the fact that that does look just like Tom Homo is awesome. I love Depeche Mode so much. And it really does. That is Tom Homo's doppelganger. Like, spot on. <laughs> Enjoy the silence. Like, what's your favorite Depeche Mode song? Um, Probably that. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably that. Shout is also another great one. Yeah. Or is that Tears for Fears? Uh, Shout is Tears for that's Fears. Right. That's right. Yes. That's Tears for Fears. Yeah. <clears throat> like Depeche Mode, if you uh, if you don't know who we're talking about, if you're if you're younger, go go check out Depeche Mode. Depeche you will not Mode's be a fantastic yeah. band. It's fantastic. All right, coming up, uh, you mentioned it a second ago. Top five wins in Independence for BYU football. That is coming up in our you, top five Tuesday. You, some of you are going to be bothered by this. And many of you are dropping fire on the importance of rivalries in college football. We're here for it. That's next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation has its own YouTube channel. Get all the interviews by subscribing to and sharing the BYU Sports Nation YouTube channel. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio C. Again, if you're just joining the program and like, wait, this doesn't look like Studio B. Studio B is being renovated. We will have a new set late August, early September. Yeah, big things coming. For the time being, we are hanging out in the luxurious and cavernous Studio C. Very spacious. All right, Jason, we've been asking uh, our social media friends and compatriots to answer our question of the day. When it comes to conference realignment, how much should rivalries really matter? We've seen quite a few go wayside. Uh, we've seen rivalries that have teams that exist in different conferences live on. I mean, someone just brought up, hey, what about Clemson and South Carolina? They're in different conferences. But that, that rivalry lives strong, so why can't BYU and Utah do that? They certainly can, but does it matter? Does it matter more than we make it out to be? JT Lamoureux on Twitter says, rivalries are what makes college football great and stand out over other sports. If you take yearly rivalries away, a special part of the sport dies with it. The passion and luster of college football is tarnished without rivalries. See, I understand to a degree, but this feels a little dramatic to me. Well, look, we all understand people don't want to lose those rivalries because when you think about some of your, your greatest sports memories, I would venture to say a lot of them are related to rivalry games. Look, we so just, nobody wants to lose those, but it's the sport is going away from it. If not, ge you know, geographically, the emphasis is no longer on stuff like that. It's just not. It stinks. 
I mean, again, let me double down. I do not like it. But even when BYU and Utah were not playing, even when Texas and Texas A&M have not played, or Missouri and Kansas, or Colorado and Nebraska, even when these teams are not playing, in the future, when USC and Oregon don't play, it's not going to matter as much as you think it will. It just won't, because there will be excitement about new horizons and new matchups. USC at Ohio State. Oh, darn it. Wish we had USC Oregon. Is anybody going to care when USC's going to the horseshoe? No. No, they're not. The average college football fan will be like, this is an upgrade. This is amazing. Oregon fans will care. Maybe some USC fans will care. The rest of the nation, not going to care. Okay? How about BYU? Let's say BYU and Baylor are both top 20 teams. Could very well be the case this year. Ah, but BYU's not playing Utah. It stinks. Is the, the typical college football fan going to care Outside of the state of Utah, outside of the rivalry, is the normal college football fan going to care that BYU is not playing Utah? No, they're going to look at BYU's schedule and say, oh, they got Baylor, yeah. they got Arkansas, top 20 college football on a Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening? No, they're, they're going to enjoy the new product because that's what, we, that, that's what happens. Okay? We, just, we're kind of, we get lost in the moment. Like No one's going to really care that BYU and Utah are not playing this year outside of BYU and Utah. Look, we're obviously taking this from the BYU side of things, but don't you think if the rivalry was what it used to be, Utah would have fought harder to play BYU more? Now, granted, obviously, they, they still played a lot, but there were obviously times where Utah felt it was in its best interest yeah. to schedule somebody else. So It's, it's, it's the trajectory yes. of yes. college sports Well, now. and let's be honest. Tell me, BYU fans, in your heart of hearts, that you are not enjoying the idea of making Utah have to wait at least two more years before they can play BYU again in 2024, sitting on the loss that happened last September. Come on. Like, be honest. Tell me that you don't love the idea that it's going to be, man, Utah hasn't beaten BYU in this many days, and they've got to sit on that loss for a few years. You are all enjoying it. So as much as you want that rivalry to continue, the benefit of not playing it every year is what you are experiencing right yeah. now. And BYU fans will love the schedule that they play this year, and they'll love the 2023 schedule that's not going to include Utah because it's new and it's the Big 12 and it's exciting. Yep. Just like Utah fans didn't miss BYU when they went to the Pac-12 and it yes. was new, right? There's, it's the exact same thing. Cougar Stats on Twitter answers, if you have a conference of 12 to 16 teams, rivalries pragmatically have to take a backseat. Amen. Yep. They do. I don't like it, but it's the truth. All right, coming up, a Cougar great doing what he said he'd do. And the long-awaited top five wins in independence. I tweeted out my top five. We'll see if the rest of the producer group here on the talent agree with what I said. People are going to be upset. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps today, or you can download the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Please, while you're there, subscribe, rate, and review. Welcome back into Studio C. Oh, boy. We're about to pay something off, folks. Uh, we talked about this. Can I apologize in advance for what's about to happen? <laughs> so, uh, so we started the show off talking about me shaving my mustache mm -hmm. from yesterday. 
Uh, and you said that there is a picture of you uh, yep. with a mustache. Yep. We have it. Oh, boy. Uh, and so without further ado. Turn away if you don't. Oh, I'm sorry, everyone. There it is. Oh, I'm so sorry. So we've got the mustache, um, the paleness because you were dealing with COVID. We've got the the oxygen uh, hose. The that, tubes, yeah. yeah, yeah, that is. yeah. So there it is. We, we found it. <laughs> You're welcome, BYU Sports Nation. I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> I legitimately was going for uh, a pose and picture where I was the most unattractive uh, as I've ever been in my life. And I think I succeeded. So, <laughs> yay for he, a win there. He's taken, ladies. Okay. <laughs> it's now time for Top 5 Tuesday presented by Delta Airlines. We look back at the top five wins in the BYU football independence era. What doesn't make the list? Let's start it off at number five. Number five, the 2019 Boise State yeah, game. Yeah, I like that this is included. Okay. Third string quarterback Baylor Romney started the game yeah. for the two and four Cougars as they took on the 14th ranked and undefeated Boise State Broncos in that yeah. game. Yep. Despite the freezing rain and sleet, the Cougars managed to hang on for the three-point win, 28-25. This win marked a, a turning point in Kalani's tenure, and BYU since then has gone 25 and six. Yeah, let, big win. Let's talk about that turning point for just a second, Jason. BYU since that win has gone 26 and six. They won five straight games. That was the beginning of the win streak. BYU football has been a different program since that game. Program changer is also when Aaron Roderick took over primary play calling responsibilities. Okay. So there's that as well. At number four. Earlier in 2019, we go to SEC country. Double overtime thriller. BYU beats Tennessee in front of almost 100,000 fans. The Micah Miracle sets up a Jake Oldroyd field goal that just sneaks inside the uprights. Tyson Williams would eventually power his way into the end zone in double overtime, along with the entire BYU offensive line, and the Cougars leave Knoxville victorious. Unforgettable night on that orange and white plaid. Number three, back to 2018. Madison, Wisconsin is the location. Well, the Cougars came into the game a 21 and a half point underdog against the sixth ranked Badgers. It was BYU jumping around in the end. Squally Canada outrushed future NFL star Jonathan Taylor in that game, <laughs> helping the Cougars win 24-21 after Wisconsin missed a 42-yard field goal in the final minute. That was such a big win for the BYU. Zane train. Zane Anderson coming up with an interception as well. Oh, Camp Randall, that was fantastic. Number two, and you know what? Because it's number two, we're choosing the Texas two-step. And it's two games where Taysom Hill Wait, ran all today? over, and I mean jumped over Texas at times. A 40 to 21 win in 2013 ran for 259 yards on the ground. Listen, and Jason, you were there in 2014. He did it again in Austin. Yeah, he was fantastic. Look to, to me, and like this is this is. I know everyone's gonna have their own thing. 14 to me is more impressive than 13 because it was at Texas. Oh, my goodness. Back-to-back -back wins over Texas. Dominant fashion just ran all over the Longhorns. I love it so much. All right, finally, number one, we have the 12-year, nine-game streak ending with the victory over Utah last season after jumping out to the early lead. Kalani's crew holding on for the 26-17 victory over its rival Utah Cougars. Yes. Ran for 231 yards to go along with Jaron Hall's three touchdown passes. And most importantly, 
We're plus two in the turnover department, and to make things better, the win came one day after the Big 12 announcement. It was arguably the best 24-hour period in BYU football Seriously. history. Seriously, I thought the rapture was going to happen. <laughs> that would be our luck. <laughs> yeah, I know some of you are saying, recency bias, where's Nebraska? Where's the Hail Mary by Mangum? Listen, it was number six on my list. I was a six and seven Nebraska team. It provided an unforgettable moment, one of the top plays of all time. But the game in and of itself, Taysom broke his foot. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. It just, it just missed the top five. Look, when you're only going to do five, something's going to have to just miss out. I know some people. I've already heard about it from my friends. Like, how can you exclude Nebraska? All right, our elite voice of the day. When it comes to conference realignment, how much should rivalries really matter? Presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, Don Al Aci on Twitter says, quote, rivalries generate some added enthusiasm for certain games, and perhaps that translates into more revenue. But new rivalries form and soon replace the old. Only us old coots will reminisce the old days. <laughs> Go Cougs. Yeah, I, I get it. I've said it a million times. I don't like it. I want it to remain. I want them to remain, but it just, yeah. It is what it is. All right, today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. A few weeks ago, Jim McMahon, the legend, joined us in studio to discuss BYU football, among other things. He's coming up bone spur surgery that got infected, and he was in a boot and on crutches. His leg was really hurting, but he said, look, I have a goal to continue my streak of playing at the American Century Championship Celebrity Golf Tournament in Lake Tahoe. I will crawl on the course if I have to, and guess what? He's paying it off, Jason. That's right. Um... Well, this is what this is what he told us. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm hoping to be playing in Tahoe in three weeks. Um, that's my goal, and uh, you can't use carts there, so it's going to be a struggle getting to my ball. But you know, if I have to crawl, I'm going. It, this will be my 33rd year in a row. Mm. It's, it's mm. only been myself and Jack Wagner been to every one, so I can't let an actor outdo me. I well, and, and as you said, Daniel Brown from The Athletic tweeted out the following video in the tweet yesterday of, of him doing exactly what yes. he said he was going to do. Look at, look at that guy. He's gutting it out. Look at it. He did it. But the streak continues, so congratulations to Jim McMahon. Apparently he laced this drive, which is just fantastic news. What a legend, Jim McMahon. Our thanks to today's guest, Matt Brown of Extra Points. For Jason Shepard, I am Spencer Linton. Yeah, let's shout out again to Jim McMahon. See you tomorrow.